0: Well, what's this in your feed? Hi, it's Matt here, and we wanted to give you a little sample of our new show. It's called Old Gamers Almanac, and it is the definitive ranking of all video games ever, one week at a time. Uh, This is our third episode that you're going to get to listen to here in the Space Cats feed. It is about Mass Effect, so there were two games that came before it. If you don't want any spoilers, just go to the Old Gamers Almanac feed and listen to all the episodes, but... Uh, since we're only ranking three games at this point, I'll say you're not missing too much. So you might as well just check out this one and then go back and listen to the others. So if you want to check out this show, just listen to this episode and then go subscribe to Old Gamers Almanac uh, on whatever podcast device you're using to listen to this right now. And then you can have two shows that we make and do all the time. So you should do that. So I hope you enjoy it. We're really enjoying doing it and we expect to do it until we die. I want to address with you, Hunter, what? Uh the thing that will not be impressed upon the listener, our dear listener, which is how long it has been since we recorded episode two and now this is episode three. Why do
1: we have to reveal it? Why can't they just not know? Why do they need to <laughs> An know? Indeterminate so here's of time. all right, fine. So Matt's pulled the rug out from underneath it. But <laughs> episode two was recorded in twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. We recorded that. Uh, we were, how old were you? 22. Mm-hmm. We were 22. Yeah. We're the same age. Did you know that? We're the same age. Right. We were literally born two months apart. Uh, same age. Uh, so 2012, we want to start this video game podcast. We thought, old well, gamers. that's not what we said. We said we yeah. might do a video game podcast in the future uh-huh. called old gamers. Al- Almanac. Right. And now here we are coming to you from, uh, 2038 and we're on episode three. Yeah. It's been a long, you know, time long, and long haul. Long haul. Uh, and, you know, now we're here uh, trying to give this to you right now. Well, I'm just I'm just
0: thankful finally for, uh you know, some some reliability, because going
1: forward, you know, we know it's an episode a year from here on out. From here on out, it's going to be an episode a year. Yeah. Uh, you will get them in one week installments. Right. But they will be recorded at different times yeah. in the future, past and present. Yeah, we did find we found we, we found an orb, the orb. And no one knows when we find the orb. I, right. the orb unlocks the time My mi- the, the it, time the, it's what is its it? own paradox. It's a time it's- wheel, okay. <laughs> so it unlocks the time wheel. yeah. And then we open the time gate, yes, inside the time gate. There we actually did find some podcasting equipment, mm-hmm. and so that has kind of Slaughterhouse Five style. Yeah, you know we are experiencing time differently mm-hmm. and recording the episodes whenever we record them in time. Right. But we did actually get a really good deal with Podbean, so they will dechronomize. Yeah. Chronom- chronomite. Dechronomize. De-chron-i- dechronomize. Dechronomize. Yeah. The uh, episodes as we send them from uh, right. past, present, and future. Right. Uh, I just want to say, Hunter, from from my experience in this timeline,
0: that joke you make in 15 minutes from exactly now, hilarious, great. I'm I'm Thank I'm you. laughing about it right now.
1: Thank you. It's great. Um, and I hope when I get to it, it will, I will also enjoy it. But it is nice that you've already seen it and, and had it. That's good. Um, so this won't be a hard bit to keep <laughs> going in the show. <laughs> Let's go!
0: Hello and welcome to the Old Gamers Almanac.
1: Yeah, hey, uh, I'm here, I'm Hunter, Uh, I'm your uh, main host, primary host, and I'm I'm joined here by who, what are you? I'm Matt Martins, and I am less of a host, a little bit less, lesser. Less of a host, more of a guest, more of a boss, I'd say. (laughs) So, I'm primary host I am and your guest boss, guest boss uh, every week. This is a show where uh, we are not board game critics, We, we but but we're going we're def- to... Well, we're definitely not board game critics, and also it's not relevant how we feel about board exactly. games. Exactly. This is a video game show, Matt. Did I say board games? You I do said I'm board games. So, we have
0: a board game show, too, and that's going to always be a problem for me inside my brain. We are not video game critics, uh, but we are going to uh judge every single game ever of all time all of the games uh and we're going to stack them up against each other.
1: This is a weekly show that is a one giant listicle where we rate and rank every single game ever made yeah. one week at a time. Yeah. Um and well, I know we've already said this but just public call out if you are making games out there please stop <laughs> cease <laughs> please, with the game making. We, we, so we are begging you We're trying to catch up. yeah Once we get caught up game making may now, uh, continue.
0: Credit where credit is due. 2021 you're slowing down and you're definitely we hearing appreciate us. it yeah
1: we're i feel like we're being heard there's not a lot out there okay uh this is the summer when we're recording this yeah uh the summer of 2038 or whatever uh 2038 is slow yeah okay another bad summer year. yeah uh you know how the summer is. you guys are gonna hate flovid it's just flovid, the worst flovid is the worst i hate flovid <laughs> Don't okay. even joke about that. I know it's not Don't funny. I hate that. it. That's not. That's we uh, are literally going to have today.
0: That. We've got uh, we've got our first Western RPG.
1: Yeah. on the list. Probably going to be a lot of these because we're two white guys. Two so white guys, guys be in America. A lot of Western RPGs. Yep. Uh, and then some JRPGs that will be. Hey, lo- I want to try you exclusively by me. No, okay. I want to try. I'm ready. I will someday, dude. They just I think...
0: take. Hey, this one took long enough. You want me to? You want me to quickly play Final Fantasy
1: VII? <laughs> there are, hey hey you know what There are short jrpgs okay Cr- you know those. what i'll play chrono trigger for sure do you know that chrono trigger is short yeah most people i do oh, okay you yep. do know that yep. okay well chrono trigger is short so yeah. we could play PSA. chrono trigger yeah let's do it it's like 20 hours to play right, that game right yeah
0: um so today we are going to be ranking mass effect up against our current list so far uh, right now it's it's short. We're getting there, but uh, first on that list is Super Mario Brothers three, yeah, and second is Hyper Light Drifter. So we will get into the ranking in a bit, but let's give a little bit of background. Yeah. So Mass Effect one came out in two thousand and seven, the end of two thousand and seven, November twentieth, and it is from BioWare,
1: acclaimed Western RPG maker. Yeah. They make them. They made some good ones. They made uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Mm -hmm. Uh, They made uh, Jade Empire. Before that, they made Neverwinter Nights and Baldur's Gate.
0: I learned this today. Uh, They made MDK2, which is like one of my old classic favorites. Uh, And it (laughs) it sucks because I really, I wanted to do MDK2 like really soon. And we can't, I can't uh, go right back into Bioware so fast.
1: So part uh, of the point of, I think, doing this show is (laughs) having the audience learn that you have the strangest most (laughs) hyper specific taste in games I've ever heard of and my explanation for it is that and I don't know that this is true this is just a theory and I think we will figure it out because uh, like I think the way this will be proven true is if a year from now Mm -hmm. I think we'll know whether my theory is true here's my theory I think you've played like eight games (laughs) And so your favorite of... You know what I mean? If you've only played eight games, you still have a favorite game. Sure, yeah. It just could be anything because... (laughs) It's
0: whatever was on the
1: blockbuster shelf. Exactly. It's whatever came to you. Now, I'm not certain about this, and I don't want to be really cocky, Yeah, but I feel like a year from now, we might find out because it might be like every time it's your turn to pick a game, you're going to be like, uh, well...
0: (laughs) I got Donald Duck going quackers. I'm sorry. The Dreamcast was big for me.
1: My fifth favorite game Donald Duck going quackers. Okay. The Dreamcast was big for you, but you don't even I played stand, four games you don't on stand Dreamcast. for the big Dreamcast classics. Yep. You're like MDK2, which a lot of people didn't play on the Dreamcast, yeah, exactly. but it was on the Dreamcast. Yep, yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. It, okay. MDK2, by the way, though, it's a great game. Yes. I think MDK2 is a great game. And whenever we get to that episode, we will have It'll a lot be of fun. fun with it. But uh, you're the only person I know but, that no, would be like, yes. oh, dude, in MDK2. Yeah. We got to talk about that. Man. That was a great game.
0: I'm so excited. Uh, let's talk about this game today, though. Mass Effect. Um, so BioWare. Uh, hot off the trail of KOTOR and oh, don't forget Jade Empire because everybody sure. does. Yeah. But right after Jade J- Empire, this is their, well, this is their first game for the Xbox 360 uh, generation. Yeah, it is. PS3. Oh, yeah. It was an 360. Xbox 360 exclusive. I always forget that. There you that. go. Okay. Yeah, it didn't
1: come out at all for any other platform at the time i was a big xbox boy i thought xbox was having yeah well 360 time. was having a great time yeah 360 so. the, yeah this was from that early 360 era yeah. before ps3 really got uh, it its legs yeah uh so this the, is, yeah this, yeah, this a- is the kill zone
0: era of ps3 yeah 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, xbox is like we've got mass effect and ps3 is like we've got Killzone. I was like, all right <laughs> i think i've, I've chosen <laughs> one of these appeals to me and the other doesn't um okay so matt you want to talk about did you did you did you did not play this game in 2007? So, uh, when did you play
0: this? I, did, I played it probably... I played it before Mass Effect 2 came out. Yeah. In the hype leading up to Mass Effect 2, I tried Mass Effect 1 and did not like it. Did not play beyond basically your first visit to the Citadel. I never yeah. went to the next mission. Yeah. Right? So So... Uh, very, very, very early in the story. Although I will learn later in my life here recently when I played it, I did not know Mass Effect 1 is not that long of a game at the time. If if I had known it was so short, I was at the time used to RPGs being like, hey, strap in 40 hours or something stupid. This is a quick, this, there's five missions in this game. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Mass Effect 1 can be short. You can also make it long if you want to. Sure. Uh, and I definitely, when I play it now, I make it long, which I don't know if that's the smartest way to do it. Um, it's also worth noting that this game had a re-release this year and that we are playing, we are, we have played the Legendary Edition most recently to talk about. My
0: proper Mass Effect 1 experience is on Legendary Edition on my
1: PC. Right. Um, which means that there are some enhancements, some things that were better, uh, in Legendary, but I feel like they're close enough to where they're only going to get one entry. It's just Mass Effect 1 altogether. We're not worried about what edition you played or whatever. Um, so as far as history, uh, with Mass Effect 1, um, I... Played uh, So my first Bioware game was Neverwinter Nights, although I guess MDK2 as well. (laughs) I forgot. Um, But your first uh, RPG, your first Bioware RPG. That's what they're known for. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, So I played Neverwinter Nights uh, as a kid, and I think I was a little too young for it. Didn't quite get it, um, and just wanted more Diablo. And I was kind of like, it's a little bit... Um, I don't know there were things about that game that it'll be fun to do an episode about that game in the future um, because there were things about that game that just did not hit me right as a kid so I kind of didn't worry about this studio that much and then Knights of the Old Republic came out and at the time uh, it just completely blew me away and it was like my favorite RPG for a while probably my favorite game for a while Mm -hmm. Um, and I also liked KOTOR 2 even though that wasn't a Bioware game. Uh, and then so about the time that they announced Mass Effect, I am just completely hyped because yeah. I'm a big Trekkie and I noticed a lot in the marketing early sure. on that this, in my opinion, was like their Star Trek. They couldn't get they're not going to get the Star Trek IP and do some sort they of they don't want it. They're they, not going to do why of the old Star Trek. Right. Yeah. And
0: they're abandoning Star Wars because they don't want to do IP stuff. It right. Seems
1: like. Yeah. It, and and I think that, you know, I don't want to jump into the review part yet, but it is it amazed me then, and it amazes me now, that when you play Mass Effect 1, you get through the tutorial, which is whatever, uh, it's not even, it's not very good, and yeah. then there's like this hour where they just establish the whole universe Everything. of Mass Effect, yeah. they just do all of it, and pacing-wise, it's been called out for that being bad pacing, it is bad pacing, uh-huh. it got confirmed, but also it's amazing it's the best part it's of the insane game. yeah it's so crazy that they were able to like all right so there's gonna be this hour where you go to the citadel you meet a million different aliens yeah uh they all define themselves like very well right. uh each character interaction it's not like each uh conversation is like the deepest thing ever right but you just feel like at the end of that hour that like right. oh wow this is like a full-on universe and i kind of get it and right. it has a lot of exciting potential energy in it already it lures you in and that's what makes the rest of the game uh more difficult the rest of the game would have been a totally
0: fine just like action game that sort of pretends to have rpg elements sure if it hadn't had that moment where it's like we are going to do an exhaustive amount of world building here. yeah it's really it kind of never it's gets. odd
1: it never returns to that I mean I think that's a it's a little debatable. I think there's sure. like th- there's moments uh in the further the missions further into the game uh that kind of make good on th- some of that potential energy, mm-hmm. but a lot of it I don't think really gets captivating until you get further along into the trilogy. Right. Uh it's not even that's... that exciting right then. Right. Uh which is I think what ha- I I mean, when Mass Effect 1 came out, I would say it was liked mostly Mm -hmm. by people, but there was, there was a little bit of controversy uh, as far as just like general complaining about uh, just straight up bad choices that they made like, completely indefensible stuff like the way the tank thing controls the, Yeah, the car is, the, is
0: possibly the worst car in, the car is
1: in yeah pretty bad car, pretty bad car pretty bad car and they apparently improved it in legendary edition um, which uh, there'd no be shade, no way to know there'd be no way to know because it's still annoying uh very sorry to whoever worked a lot on the car <laughs> stuff. yeah yeah not that well but, they, but i think that person knew what their mission was and, yeah, and recognized they, they were, were only polishing gonna get so far. turd. yeah and and i'm <laughs> sure there was a, a hard limit on how much the turd could be polished um But yeah, so it still, I would say, doesn't feel very good to drive around the tank thing. Um, And there's a lot of it. There's a whole lot of tank stuff, huh? Like, can the, I don't know. It's wild. The side quest system leaves a lot to be desired because it's that type of thing where it feels like a lot of padding. Yep. Um, like the there's a lot of reused environments a lot of just right. kind of like here's just a place to shoot people and can, then occasionally there'll be a conversation with some context right. which is all right can
0: i explain my big gripe we'll, yeah, and we'll get ahead. it out of the way go ahead because yeah. because we all know that like this is a thing that has been talked about with massive i'm not i'm this is not new information yeah. but what i will say the reason it is frustrating to me is you can have a kind of uh mundane repetitive side quest system as long as like i'm intrigued by the exploration of it but the problem for me with engaging with the side quest system is the fact that the exploration of the galaxy is essentially a file explorer it's it's just yeah there's a galaxy and you double click that and you open up the new window and you go inside of that folder and then there's a list of like three more folders and you open up that folder and that's it like that's the entire system so like in this huge galaxy they've given you all of these different systems to explore and you actually get Nothing out of that besides reading weird descriptions about planets and and their atmosphere. Which I want to be fair. Some people like reading that weird stuff. And and (laughs) in it, it, there are gems. And that's what frustrates me about it is, oh, I would love to experience those gems. But it's like looking for a needle in a haystack. It's like such a frustrating process to Mm -hmm. get to those gems. I can appreciate that there's gems in there. But... Boy, I have to just read about the gems online because I'm not going to sit here and just click through every single system and try to find the planets that I can actually interact with.
1: This is a hard thing to talk about it is. because it, and it's funny that we've kind of zeroed in here. We we forgot to mention that it's a third person uh like sure. action RPG. That's like the specific genre, but just to get that out there so that you in case you haven't experienced this game don't know what we're talking about. Right. Um deep background stuff as far as an RPG goes is always I would say kind of questionable because if it's good, it's yeah. like, why'd you put it there? Right. Why did you put it in the background? Why isn't it in the foreground? Right. And I think the problem with, uh, some of the RPGs that indulge in this, I would call out Elder Scrolls of having totally. a similar problem of like, there's some good writing that is hidden for some reason in like books and stuff. Yep. Uh, it's just to give texture right to the right. world. But, if there's not enough uh, of that really good stuff in the foreground, right in front of exactly. you, you kind of feel a sense of like, why are we kind of wasting potential here? And right. I think Mass Effect 1 kind of has, leaves you with the impression that this is a game that was very ambitious yeah, and just kind of threw a lot of spaghetti at the wall. Totally. And not all the spaghetti got organized in such a way as to where you get the, the best slice of it by playing. Well, and what I wonder is how much did
0: BioWare already know like wh- when you heard about Mass Effect, was it pitched to you as like this is going to be a trilogy that's like a or, or was it just it's Matt? This is Mass Effect. Here's a video game called Mass Effect.
1: I feel like it was pitched as a- yeah from the very beginning. It Bioware was sort of as-
0: said like this is going to be our big new yeah. thing.
1: Yes, it was. It was definitely pitched as a sort of a game that remembers the choices that you make, mm-hmm. and the choices that you make in this game are gonna like Effect affect future game. games, and that the waiting for future mass effect games was really fun yeah because you know especially with mass effect one there was no telling how your choices were going to ripple out into the next game you know we'll leave it for another day to talk about how sure. it does that's it's doesn't really ripple out in a super fulfilling right. way right but but i would love to spend a second talking about that but you should finish your point well i, I mean my point is essentially like it's it was very exciting in the gap there. And I definitely, especially me, who was really hyped for this game at the time, I understood what they were trying to do, which was make a series of games where my RPG character choices were going to matter in yeah. future installments.
0: The trick with Mass Effect that's so difficult is the fact that they they sell you on that idea. And I think gamers get ahead of themselves on what that promise means and that's what is sad about it mm. is the idea that like it, it, they you you see it in like a like a planescape torment kind of way where like that game has like branching paths and they kind of go like right. all over and that yeah, is like yeah. the core conceit of that game is like we're gonna spread very wide yeah yeah and everyone thinks that that's what mass effect is going to be when there is great story stuff that impacts your experience of the game right and your story of Mass Effect does diverge there's the same end point but you are allowed to bow out in the emotion of the thing I compare it to like this is my brain taking on a new understanding of Mass Effect in a post Kentucky Route Zero experience like Kentucky Route Zero is all about like your dialogue is the poetry of your experience of the game and I can look at Mass Effect and be like, I can appreciate that part of it, and and know that my renegade options aren't going to completely derail the plot in a new
1: direction. It's just the flavor of my character. I don't disagree with with everything you're saying, but I do disagree strongly with one part, okay. which is the part where you said that gamers get ahead of themselves. Gamers do that, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not, uh, hey, I'm not with the gamers. Okay, <laughs> I'm not with them, but I as someone that experienced the marketing of these three games very closely while it was happening, that was the, pitch. they, they were pitching. They molynewed that. everybody. And they, yeah. They, they, they didn't go. It well, didn't go quite that far, but they definitely, <laughs> sure. it's no wonder that people got excited totally. about how their choices were going to affect these games. Yeah. Um, but you know, like just keeping it to, to mass effect one, it's, it's all just exciting potential energy. Yeah. And you don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, it feels like at the end of this game that you make some pretty big choices. We don't want to I don't want to spoil what they are for those that haven't played the game. Uh, But Mass Effect 1 ends with you making some choices that feel like, wow, this and also the choices that you make at the end of Mass Effect 1 very much tie into the themes of Mass Effect 1, which is that um, just to get into the lore a little bit, humanity has kind of appeared on this galactic stage Mm -hmm. suddenly uh, and quickly. And all of these, they've uh, encountered all these other uh, intergalactic communities uh, and these other uh, alien governments or whatever are sort of looking at humanity and feeling a little iffy about them. Uh, Humanity is like moving really fast and being very aggressive in their eyes. And at the same time, humanity is sort of feeling like, oh, nobody respects us, we're the new kid and nobody cares right. what we think or whatever. Right. Um, and then, you know, that that kind of thematically is... Putting the interwoven. Western in Western RPG. Oh, totally, totally. <laughs> yeah, I uh, know. There's, there's a lot of... There is some, I would say, possibly unintended subtext to a lot of Mass Effect yeah. that I would love to see a new Mass Effect game kind of try to deal with. I, I feel uh-huh. like it's a different era from when these games were made and... I think there's a lot of stuff there. There's been some, uh, there was a piece on Polygon talking about how much Shepard feels like a cop, yeah. like the way that he's written. Right. And I do not disagree with that as far as like the, you know, inc- like moment to moment gameplay. There are a lot of very copy moments yeah, and it's just kind of like, did they intend that? Is that what they wanted? Did, right. Were they making a space cop game? Right. Um, I think I tend to think that they were shooting for something closer to a uh, uh, star trek right then then maybe that interpretation but i can't deny that that stuff is there which is why it would be cool if there was a new mass effect game and it was good like yeah. can there be a new mass effect ga- it's time yeah andromeda was a screw-up mostly on a technical level it seems like there was a lot of stuff i mean and maybe they don't have the right people to do a good mass effect game i don't know I well think EA is a problem exactly obviously yeah. but if you know, the thing about having the big corporate bad guy that is in control of a studio mm-hmm. is that if they would just get out of the way... They and, would make Blockbuster then it would be fine. after Blockbuster. Like, well, you know, it's <laughs> uh, it's maybe not as simple as that, but it sort of is. It, yeah. it, it feels like if they would just let go and not poorly manage it however they do, because, mm-hmm. I mean, I think we can all agree, like, it it's pretty indisputable at this point that EA tends to mismanage people. Right. Like, I, we, I just don't get how... You couldn't just look at the history of it and not see that, oh, this keeps happening over and over. Right. So again, like, that, it's kind of a positive if you, if you think about it. We're like, if the problem is just that these people need to get out of the way and then they do, then a good game could happen. Right. So I don't know. That could right. happen at
0: any point. So um, I want to get into a little bit of uh, this game as it pertains to someone wanting to experience the Mass Effect franchise. Yeah. Uh, and the beginning, what's so funny to me about this is Mass Effect 2 comes with or eventually release the DLC or whatever, but in my experience, it came with it when I initially got Mass Effect 2. There's a little comic that comes with Mass Effect 2, and it's like, hey, you may not have played Mass Effect 1. It was a little bit uh, of a smaller audience, but like people liked it, and now Mass Effect 2 is a much bigger release. If you never played Mass Effect 1 and and probably don't have time to or whatever, here's this comic where you can make the major choices yeah. of Mass Effect 1 and, and totally. still feel like you experience Mass Effect 1 and have that carrier, that character, carry over into... Mass Effect 2 but it makes it to where like you nowadays the question can be asked should I even play Mass Effect 1 which is a weird thing to have (laughs) out there like hey should I even play the first game in this trilogy that is very specifically a trilogy
1: well here answer that question like what do you think that as someone that just played it do you think that when I played Mass Effect 2 I did not
0: anything wrong with having only done the comic and playing mm-hmm. Mass Effect. I have played and beaten Mass Effect 2 enjoyed it and the, the comic helped on board that experience and, and I had reference points for it so that was helpful and now having played Mass Effect 1 it's like I enjoyed parts of the experience um, but I think the pivotal things that people talk about are all in the comic so you do not miss the understanding of the major moments. I think the, Ma- the, the, the Mass Effect 1 comic does a good job of covering that base for you. Covering the choices. Covering, covering the choices. You miss out on a lot of the world building. So it comes down to this. If you want to do the whole trilogy, but you're kind of like, hey, I'm going to burn through it. Don't play Mass Effect 1. Play Mass Effect 1 if you're going to indulge in it. I kind of rushed through Mass Effect 1 and I regret it. I wish I had given myself even more time to explore even more and talk to more aliens Mm. and do what I want to do that. Um, And I didn't give my I didn't allot the time for me to experience that in this playthrough of it.
1: I think the problem, the reason I the reason I would say the opposite, I would say that you should play Mass Effect one is more that some of the most compelling storylines through the entire trilogy Mm -hmm. are so well established in Mass Effect one that it feels like you might be missing a critical piece of those of those and they're not they're not primary storylines. They're things like I wish I'd done Tally's stuff more. Yeah. I wish I'd done Garrus's side quests. Right. There's
0: there are things definitely, I know what you're talking the, about, it's, where it's, it's like, ah oh, and and I think that's what I'm saying is don't sprint through do not play Mass Effect one if all you're going to do is sprint through the main storyline. Right. Because
1: that will be a waste of your time. It really will be. The the what's charming about the game is Really, just kind of the conversations you have, mm-hmm. and the way that I mean, I think the best writing in Mass Effect One are the conversations you have with specifically Rex and surprisingly, Tali. I don't remember yeah. enjoying her conversations that much in Mass Effect They're One, great. but I was blown away that in the conversations you have with Tali, uh, she is very specifically setting up mm-hmm. events. In Mass Effect Two, totally. that pay off in such a satisfying way yeah. that I, I mean, and I'm a huge Mass Effect guy that I had never connected before, that, and, and I realized like the 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 beautiful co- and and Rex especially. Rex is probably the best written character in Mass Effect One, which totally. is not something I would say about him in every installment uh, of the series, although that might be a little bit of a spoiler. Um, but it it it's so. The his plot line with his uh, species, they ha- they suffer from this thing called the genophage, which mm-hmm. is like a, it's like a fertility disease that was put on them. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was a biological attack on them. Right. Um, he the conversations we, you have with him so well established that conflict yeah. um, that is going to be such an interesting thread that's going to go through all three games that I feel like when you get to Mass Effect 2 and you meet a different character right. that also has a point of view on this thing that might be different from Rex's. I feel like if you miss Rex's stuff, that part, it still hits because that's a great character that I'm talking about in Mass Effect 2, but it won't have the same context. And I feel like that's what you lose is a little bit of context. So I realize some people listening might be like, well, that sounds like kind of background, minor detail stuff. And it might be. But you feel it. And if that's the experience you're looking for, then you don't want to miss out on it. I think that Mass Effect 1 is worth putting up with. Yeah. And, and I am not one of these... I, I know that there are Mass Effect 1 apologists out there that I think kind of let the game off the hook for too many things. Mm-hmm. This game has a lot of problems in my look opinion. up <laughs> look up lists
0: of things that are the things worth playing don't just start exploring the side missions because they aren't most of them aren't good enough for your attention but yeah, some of them true. are and maybe you can find the like just it's, it's hard
1: it's really hard to the, the the so if we want to talk about side quests for a little bit the side quest system is not very um it doesn't respect your time in yeah. my opinion yeah. it, it's 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 very like it feels like busy work and then every once in a while, I mean, I just spent uh, on my last playthrough. I think I played almost ninety hours. It was a ninety-hour Mass Effect One playthrough, geez. and I didn't. It's not a hundred percent. I did not one hundred percent the game. It would take so long to one hundred percent that game because they left so many weird. Damn. You know, there's like weird collectibles in the game uh-huh. where you have to just identify minerals and stuff, um, which is rough. This that's not good stuff, and and we're not we're not going to be people that glaze over that. Yeah. Um, I have heard other content creators talk about this game and just glaze over that stuff I think that is bogus that that stuff is in the game but uh, anyways I spent a lot of time doing side quests probably more time than I've ever spent doing side quests in Mass Effect 1 and I would say once every five hours (laughs) something would happen where I'd be like that's great. Yeah. That's really good. And I don't, now, I just want to say much? like five hours is too long for something yes. really good to happen. Right. And but something really good did happen. How much of that is based
0: off of you knowing where that leads, or how much of it is in this moment oh. absent of the knowledge
1: of where that little thread goes? I, I hear your point in this question. But what I got to say is that some of the stuff, if I had found it in it 2007, would it, it would have blown my mind and I would have been like, I need the next game right now interesting
0: here because here's my pushback on that is for me and my brain the reason that stuff can't hit is even when there's good moments i have to sift through so much bad that for me and my memory when i get to mass effect 2 and they reference some little thing there is a lot of likelihood that i'm not going to even remember that it happened because that's fair because it is part of the mo- like the weight of all of the other things that aren't worth remembering that's totally and so fair. my
1: eyes glaze
0: over and i just miss it well even I think, if
1: it was cool i think that's what people miss when they talk about mass effect one from like a i love mass effect one perspective which is that if you love the game a lot right. if you're really in love with it then maybe you can put five hours into it and get just like one cool thing happens. Right. Um, but I don't think that that is a a reasonable thing (laughs) to expect. Even as someone that makes their whole life about a board game that takes way long. Yeah. Right. I still find that to be uh, sort of time wasty. Right. Um, I do think can we talk about the missions a little bit without spoiling them because there's yeah. there's a central quest that you take on you go to a couple it has the it's the essential like bioware uh structure yeah. right it's very similar to Kotor structure where it's just like we do uh an intro area and then we are given a quest the quest involves us going to you know three or four different places uh-huh. we do a thing and then we go to the next thing right. basically right. and then there's like the final area and stuff yeah. like that it's a little more complicated than the normal structure i feel like but it essentially is the same um what did you th- what did you think of them overall? i um the kind of middle portion of the, of the so
0: game. so i felt like a lot uh was i i robbed myself of the experience of this because I was very much focused on like, I just have to beat this. Like, I'm trying to do this quickly because yeah. we got to We got to move on to other games. And right. that's a horrible way to approach this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I was doing some of the missions, I wasn't um, looking over under every stone. I, w- I was leaving stones left unturned. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also point, think that I wasn't always signposted very well to to recognize when I was a little bit on rails and when I wasn't. Because there's parts where you're kind of in combat and it's literally just like get from point A to point B do do combat. It's an encounter. You just need to get through the and then you get to a little hub and there's stuff. All I remember is in one of the first ones, I was later asked by people who knew I was playing it and you you included. They were like, oh, did you did you do it this way or this way? I was like, I didn't even know that like you could do it could talk to other people and find a different way. Like I so much think that a lot of the praise of this game relies on the fact that you did it once and then went back and went, wanted to see how it was different but on the oh f- totally. on the first no. playthrough just the singular
1: experience of well, it it feels like sometimes you're, everyone's
0: like praising it and you're like i don't understand
1: what's the big i think but idea. you already you've already answered why you didn't do this you know what i mean like when you play you know when you play an elder scrolls game like if i were to tell you like Oh, I just rushed around, didn't 100%. talk to any of the NPCs. You would be like, "Well, that's not that's valid. not what the game was supposed yeah. to do at all." And, and, I agree. And and what I'm saying is, you're t- let's let's be specific about what we're talking about because I think we're talking about the intro part to the Novaria mission. Yes. Um, so this is, we're going to get a little spoilery with that, but very vague. Um, at the very beginning, uh, you have a problem that you need to solve. You solve it mostly by talking to people. Yeah. And you didn't realize that there were many different paths you could go exactly. down with it. Mostly, I think because the So I, I, think, I think your experience actually is something that a lot of other people experience too. But what, you, what you've kind of failed to realize was that what happens is you talk to a series of NPCs and they tell you, okay, now go talk to this person. Yeah. The problem is that you never have to do what they tell you to do. Right. But you thought you did, so you just did that path. Right. You were just I, like, the NPCs are telling me to do this. Right. But at, at basically for that quest... At every point, you can break the chain and say, no, I'm not going to go talk to that person. I'm going to go talk to this person now and see what they have to say. about." And this
0: is a standard RPG thing. This is not a knock on Mass Effect. This is a knock on my experience with almost all RPGs is it is so hard when you are trying to develop, especially older tech, anything pre, I don't even know, I'll, I'll like not current generation when it's hard to fill out a world right an rpg is trying to put a ton of characters in there right so often that involves a bunch of nameless idiots that just sit there and you come up to them and you're like i'm gonna talk to you now and they're like i live here too anyway right and and you walk around the map and you see just all these bonuses. It's like, at what point do I stop going up to every single person and just bumping into them to see who has stuff to say? Yeah. Or do I just want to play the game? So I'm going to follow the thread I was given. I it's, was the person told me to do this. I'm going to do that because at least I can be guaranteed that there is plot on the other side of that rather than just like bumping into every single corner. And that's where I stopped doing it. And, and again, that's not a Mass Effect thing. That is like RPGs. Request that of you, yeah. To like really just sort of dig around
1: and and take your time with it. I'm gonna name drop a little bit, but I when uh me and uh Justin K, who is a uh, one of the our friend and one of the writers for Disco Elysium, yeah. We were doing a stream of uh the dis- the new Disco Elysium content, and we were talking about this problem, right? Essentially, and what's so good about what they've done with Disco Elysium is that when you just poke and prod in the world you find good stuff. Right. And so that means that it's worth poking. I will poke. Yes. And and so in a Bioware game or really most big RPGs because they're so big and the bigness is such a priority, it's impossible for them to make sure that every time you go poking and prodding, you find something interesting. With this specific Bioware quest that we're talking about, it's almost like people loved this game so much that they got so mechanically interested in it that they found stuff that the designers put in there and were intentionally making it difficult to find Right, it. Because there they knew YouTube you were channels. gonna replay it. Yeah, there are whole YouTube channels that are just, hey, here's this very weird random series of events that actually work in yeah. Mass Effect and then something crazy happens that right. you probably didn't even know existed right. in the it, game. It feels like an alternative to a speedrunning community where it's like, it is it is just
0: an attempt at outcomes community. Yeah, L- Like the thing of, This doesn't really even spoil anything, but over the course of the whole trilogy, you could, like, get every single character killed. Like that is a thing. They that can, can all die. You, they, they can, can all, all die. die at some point. And so there's yeah. people who try to make a run out of like, let me make sure I go down all of the plot threads that ensure that everyone dies at the end.
1: Yeah, there's a YouTube show called uh, it's called the worst or what is it called? The worst party at the Citadel or something, <laughs> something like that. It's a it's a run of all three games where they got everyone killed. Yeah, uh, I think IGN did that wow. actually. It's pretty funny. It's but kinda yeah, long that's at times, that's it's like fun.
0: that's what this game can become. And that's I totally get it because that's how I interact with um Elder Scrolls games like, like mm-hmm. I, i've just found a different ip where i go i'll put up with any stupid thing sure i'll put up with whatever man because i like flipping the stones over yeah and this one just it didn't it didn't ever grab me in a major way uh the last thing i want to talk about before we have to rank this is the difficulty question which is something i want to applaud you for hunter which is you were uh you were persistent on this idea, mm-hmm. and you were nice about it. You were great about it. You, you never said, no, you have to play on the hardest difficulties. It's the only way to play. You were never that way. This isn't that type of game anyway. This isn't that type of game anyways. Like, of game anyways. But you made a very clear point to say, if you decided to ramp up that difficulty, that is about the only thing that makes the other systems function. Yeah. So there's a problem in this game where your skills, your like spells, basically, in any other game, are... On basic uh, difficulties, they are are irrelevant. They're optional. You can
1: use them, but you could go the whole game just only shooting things in the head. Right. This is actually... This is a bigger problem than just this game, though. I feel like there are a lot of games out there where the normal difficulty is not challenging enough to make you learn... The stuff they put in the, in game, the game, yeah, which, and who, this is not a knock on people who don't want to experience games
0: at the most difficult. I'm one of those people. I get deeply frustrated uh, at games that are too difficult for me, and it makes it, it 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 makes it an incredibly unenjoyable experience. So I understand the lack of wanting to just like have a difficult, to, but then what you have to recognize what you lose to that, which is like, well, you don't ever need to upgrade your weapons right. or pay attention to your spells. Basically, it, well, does, it and, just doesn't matter.
1: And this is not. This does not have to do with whether people are hardcore enough to no. play your game. This is all... Because you know what? You know who doesn't use difficulty settings? Uh, Nintendo. Right. They don't do that. Dark they Souls. Just build Dark the Souls. Game. flip well, side, well, sure. Both, both yeah. sides of that, though. Like, yeah, they make Dark the Soul, system the, self-balancing. My point is that... If with Nintendo, if you just do a good enough job exactly teaching the player how to play the game, they learn how to play the game and then they're good enough to do it on the difficulty that you've set it at. Right. Um with a game like Mass Effect, it's not mechanically rich enough, I think, for that way of thinking. So it might be a little unfair to make the Nintendo comparison. Sure. But I don't like where they set the difficulty for normal. I don't think it sets you up to enjoy the combat. The combat is not great. I'm not one of these people that no. thinks it's really good, but it's not that enjoyable on normal.
0: The story I wanted to tell is I left it off for most of the game because I'm just trying to burn through the game and then I, I got to the end mission and I went, you know what? I want to ratchet it up right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn it up because A, I've just been kind of burning through this and it hasn't been all that engaging. I would like to feel it be more engaging and also just ramp up the tension yeah this game needs to be hard at the end it's the end why not if anything i think that should be if a game isn't going to naturally do that that should be the way people play rpgs is like slowly turn up the difficulty on yourself because the the other reason i don't want to play something on super hard is in the beginning of the game you you haven't and especially in rpgs you don't have that deepness you have a sword and it does seven damage and there's no modifiers on it there's right. nothing to engage with so the difficulty is just like it's gonna take me 15 more whacks to hit the guy that's that is so boring so keep it low early because you're like yeah i just need to i need to get through the,
1: the well and also part you of just your your character needs to level up and stuff like exactly. that like like most especially i mean hey mass effect expert over here uh when i play mass effect one uh I mean, I always play on Insanity at this point because I want to be pushed to use the abilities or whatever, Mm -hmm. Um, but on Insanity, there's always going to be at least one encounter, and it depends on what order I tackle things through the game, there's always going to be at least one encounter early on that is way too hard, that should not be as hard as it is, and all it is is that because I'm on Insanity, uh, my character isn't meeting this encounter at the right level yeah but at some point this I is would gonna have happen been, at yeah. some point i'm gonna have an encounter that's too difficult unless i just did a bunch of side quests at the beginning and leveled right. up that way right um but yeah i think this time actually it was the uh part where you go to liara the boss fight oh, of that yeah for this m- most Krogan. recent yeah it was like i mean i think it was like 20 tries which is a lot for an encounter right. in mass effect uh and, yeah, I mean, I expect that whenever I play Mass yeah, Effect because yeah. I just don't think the difficulty curve was... It wasn't super well thought yeah, out. totally. You know?
0: But I, I had a great experience in the end ramping it up right there at the end. Mm-hmm. I had tried to ramp it up earlier in the game and had a similar fight where I was like, this is stupidly difficult for no reason and not in a way right. that... And I and it was early enough where I didn't have the abilities to offset that. Exactly. I just needed to be a better sniper. And it's right. like, well, I'm not. I Me, Matt, I'm not a better sniper. And right. I'm not gonna be. So that's not... When I want a game to be more difficult, it's not in that way. It's not in the, like, well, you better train up for 10 hours so right. you get good at it. And that's what a lot of, like, FPSs do. I want the one where it's like, no, 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 you just need to understand the systems better. It's why I'm slowly coming around to, like, I'm I'm getting closer and closer to finally being able to give a JRPG its day in, in the sun for me. I have never I'm excited. Engaged, I know. It's, it's. I'm not there yet. Don't get a, any ideas. But uh, I think I'm going to be able to get there because those aren't about executing it perfectly no on a on a second to second basis it's about understanding the systems richly enough to manipulate them to your advantage or whatever
1: yeah 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 the, diff- the, the difficulty of a jrpg is closer to the difficulty of a board game right actually right uh way more board gamey than they are video gamey okay we have is a, it time we have a task okay. before us now the best <laughs> game of all
0: time is super mario brothers 3 Currently. for the nintendo entertainment System? it might be dethroned sure. today and the second best game and also worst game of all time is hyper light drifter uh-huh and somehow we have to take mass effect 1 and compare it to those and games compare it, and it to these, these games okay so so i love that you brought up the nintendo thing earlier because i yeah. think we can get that out of the way super mario brothers 3 is at times an extraordinarily difficult game yeah but it's not on a difficulty slider uh I find it frustratingly difficult in the same way I find Mass Effect frustratingly difficult when it doesn't find that curve correctly. But uh, Super Mario Bros. 3 is certainly more engaging mechanically in a way that justifies that difficulty than Mass Effect.
1: Can we say, is it fair... Are you willing to concede that Super Mario Bros. 3, though, does perfectly teach you how to play it? It's just hard, though. Yeah. Like, oh, totally. Is that, are, you, are you willing to, yes, to say that? Yes, except for uh, Big Bass, Birth, whatever, they're, that fish, oh, the fish, there's yeah. nothing like mechanical the fish. about that but fish. But then you've got the frog suit. Actually, the frog suit's not very uh, good for that. Uh, Anyways, yeah. so <laughs> this is, sorry, this conversation we're having right now is the whole point of this podcast, and going to be I stupid. I think, Hunter,
0: I think you and I have to accept that there's a part of this show that is... Uh, you have to already know what we're talking about. Like at, at some point, yeah. we're going to be talking about like 14 games at once. Yeah, And you just have to accept that you know what that game is already. We cannot introduce every single concept. I can't every we're concept three games in and this already feels crazy.
1: Um, just so you know, if you are listening to this and actually realizing what the concept of the show is, if you're thinking, wait, this is going to get impossible by episode 10. Yes, you're right. Um, we have no plan for what happens at that point. So get excited. Every episode is like exponential growth and it will be very difficult. So... Uh, do we just want to go down the line? Mass Effect versus Super Mario Brothers Three. Right now, what I, do we I, think? It would be disgusting to say Mass Effect is better than Super No, Bros. screw 3. you. Mass Effect One is a bigger game than Super Mario Brothers Three bigger, could ever <laughs> bigger, better, <laughs> bigger is better. If you heard it here. But first. it tells it tells no. a story. Super Mario right. Brothers Three. No well, story. Super Mario Brothers Three has a story. It's sort just of, very basic. but not really. It's very basic.
0: Mass um, Effect. Uh, well, let's do it on what they try to do.
1: Yeah, and how well they succeed on that thing. Well, okay, so Mass Effect One tries to do the biggest, one of the biggest thing, biggest lifts yes. I think in AAA RPGs right. ever, and it fails in a lot of ways. Yes, to do that. Right, Super
0: Mario Kart Three tries it's to perfect. be. No, it's perfect. It's, it's, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. It's I thought like you're the one who wanted to give it a, day, a time to a debate this, and you yeah, are but, immediately. <laughs> What's okay,
1: but this is like so one's reaching for a bigger thing, exactly, but doesn't, but doesn't really. Super not Mario Kart Three perfect. is reaching.
0: At the time, Tomb story is reaching. It's reaching. No, you're right. High. You're right. You're right.
1: And it achieves it. It yeah. achieves it at every level. But it's not what it's not reaching for is things like like story and character. We didn't even talk about the voice acting in Mass Effect. True. 1. The more the voice acting Mass Effect One, I would still uh, for the time completely stand by. Totally. As far as the performances you're getting, the quality at the time, as long as you're playing with so female Shepard. Yeah, FemShep is. Well, I don't want to totally no, throw no that guy I'm not under trashing him, but Femship is incredible. Yeah, Jennifer Hale is uh, great. a great gift. Yeah, and everybody like, you know, Jennifer Hale, so if you were a KOTOR fan, Jennifer Hale played Bastila, which mm. it was a character that a lot of people loved. Mm. And then they went ahead and had her play, you know, Shepard, yeah. and it was uh yeah, I mean it's better in every way. And you know, I think your romance options uh for shem- Femship also is what makes Way me want to play FemShep Fem more. Uh, Romance and Garrus in Mass Effect 2, which is a spoiler, but you should know that because you need you to need know. To do it. <laughs> if you play any Mass Effect game, you need to know that if you're playing as FemShep, you will get to Romance are so you should do that because that's awesome. There aren't romance
0: options in Super Mario Bros. 3.
1: There's no romance in Super Mario yeah. B- Well, that's not true. There is some romance. It's between sure. Mario and, and Princess Peach. And, and the
0: letters from Princess Peach. Yes. And right
1: there at the very end. So there's a bit of a romance com- uh, mechanic, but there's only one option, and they kind of <laughs> gate you into it. And by gating, I mean, th- yeah, there's you don't get to choose at all. <laughs> right. You have no control over Speaking what
0: Speaking of, uh, I do not engage with the romance thing at all. I'm not into it. You're that's, not into it? That's that's my own personal thing. I'm not going to lay that as a judgment at all on the game, but Why? I I don't it's I don't like find one it engaging. of my
1: favorite things about I, the game.
0: Here's what happened to me. I uh I found out that I think
1: Caden is really cool in this playthrough, and I was like, yeah, I yeah. want to learn you're, more you're about Caden. You got the hots for Caden, but Kaden. I don't have
0: the hots for Caden. I just want to know more about him and be his friend.
1: Right, but you don't, you don't want that to turn sexual at no. all. No, and it does.
0: It's, it's like it's so thing.
1: badly. No, here's what it does. It's, <laughs>
0: here, it's exactly that. It's either it is either yeah, sexual you. you. or your shepherd has to be like Caden, shut up and get back to work. And it's like I don't. Why is that the polarity? Yeah, I know, I know, I know,
1: and 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 that is that is a major problem. I think that is like just a a limitation. Yeah, that this is why we need and another the, Mass Effect. And thing, the flip like side of it is Liara being like, Dude. "Hey, did you talk to me at all? Kiss me." Okay, we. <laughs> I need to say this because I think there's a lot of Mass Effect fans that are in the dark on this. Liara is an aggressive creep. Yeah, and like she does. <laughs> nothing for me all right like she's she comes on way too strong like have you ever you, if don't you have, have never, anything you don't have to do anything and she just like she just won't stop yeah. dude like it it is it is creepy uh i don't understand why people stand for her at all yeah uh it's it's just it's yeah she's creepy some people, she's weird it's too much some it's people just much. like to be loved man yeah and they just they're down for it to just i don't know like, I don't, <laughs> i'm just like it's 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 not my favorite i you know what I I think Ashley Williams from Mass Effect 1 Uh-oh. is a good character and okay. you can scream all you want about I it. Know. I think she's a good character. Here's why she's a good
0: hey, character. Hey, this whole thing's about it. I know. There's this there's, there's, there's an argument to be had here. She she sucks
1: in one. She sucks. She's she is she's not a great person, but she grows and she learns. Yeah. And that is a character flaw right executed in the way that Ashley will. And totally. I know people are going to disagree with me on the execution. It's I'm not trying to say it's perfect, but I'm saying it's bolder and more interesting than what they're doing with a lot of the other characters. Totally. Like for example, Liara. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Okay. Even Caden. It's just, he's just, he's got some, some hangups yeah. with stuff going on in the past. Like I like Rex better than Ashley. Garris. I don't think I like anybody. No, but Garris, Garris sucks in one. Yeah, Garris, Garris has not like nothing really going on in Mass Effect 1. Garris gets really good in, in the rest of the games. Yes. And and honestly, it's all the knowing that he gets really good honestly makes him better in Mass I mean, Effect 1 because right. you're just like, dude, you're going to be great. I'm so excited <laughs> for I'm so excited for I, you I to pull up a man I think Mass Effect 1,
0: later. it's all about
1: Tali and Rex.
0: Those are in, as, as, as a yeah. as a storyline in Mass Effect 1 right, alone. right. Tally and Rex have good stories. That
1: would be my top three. Would be Rex, Ashley, Tally in that order. Those mm. are my favorite characters mm. in Mass Effect One. Um. Anyways, and we were talking about Super Mario Brothers Three. It's better than to, Mass Effect. It's better than Mass Effect. Yeah, I have to accept that. We anyways, have, we have a harder thing to do though. Yeah. So Hyperlight Drifter versus <laughs> Mass Effect. What do we do there? Because Hyperlight Drifter is cool, indie, mm-hmm. smaller scale, similar
0: to what we just said. It's not shooting anywhere close to as high, but it more or less for me perfectly executes everything it's attempting to do but it's only attempting like
1: four things yeah yeah no and so for me, the combat had some problems with Hyper Light Drifter. That was kind of my problem with it. The exploration, I had some problems there. Uh-huh. But I wouldn't go so far as to say it's, that those were failures. No, Like straight up, just like failures. Because Mass Effect 1 fails at stuff. Fails at exploration. If we're just going to oh, compare sure, mechanic
0: yeah. to mechanic, yeah, Hyper Light Drifters could be better, but it is better than Mass Effect. It doesn't waste your time in the way that yes. Mass Effect 1 does.
1: It is need needlessly obtuse, which is mm-hmm. something I think they both share, sure. where it's just kind of like... Why is it like this? Okay, so I vague. guess. Like the, right. the, the I'll, I'll never forget about the, the mini map in Hyperlight Drifter. I hate it. I can't understand oh. it. I pull it up, I can't understand what's Interesting. going on. I actually have this problem with I a lot get of it. games. I was playing the Ascent recently. That also has a map where I pull it up and I'm like, I can't read this. Yeah. Why did you make this? Like, I'm really, I get really into maps in fiction,
0: and yeah. so I'll put up with probably anything because it's like, oh, it's, it, you're teaching me a new way to read this map, so I'll do
1: it. Yeah, so uh, I get that. Th- they should be utility to me. They should just be like uh-huh. get the information to my brain as easy as possible. Anyways, Hyperlight Drifter has a lot of character too that I think is very well executed. Mm-hmm. It has uh, similar thematic stuff. I don't know, man. I'm torn. I don't yeah. know. Because I know he- Mass Effect One has this kind of like exponential thing that Hyperlight Drifter can't even touch. Exactly. You know? There's a certain level
0: of this where we don't get to judge
1: Hyperlight Drifter
0: versus the Mass Effect franchise. Yeah. We have to say Hyperlight Drifter versus Mass Effect 1. And that okay. is where for me the series is going to go on and get much I mean, two is incredible. I've never played three, but two is absolutely incredible. But one. I think struggles in enough departments where from for me you will have to sell me on the idea yeah. that it is better than hyperlight drifter because right now i don't I don't buy it
1: to me it's a sick puppy that has uh, a lot more interesting stuff to yeah. say than hyperlight drifter and i, I think... hyperlight drifter is like fashion it's cool it's right. flashy it's 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 but it's not. It's not as deep. It's not as real. It's not sure. as earnest, as honest as something like Mass Effect 1. And this, it sucks because this is, this is almost by nature of just what they are. They're yep. completely different things, which exactly. is why this conversation is bogus Impossible. And
0: stupid. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm, I think you have the right motivation in your heart, which is to say Mass Effect 1 gets a lot of flack and justifiably, but you, you see the diamond in the rough there and you know that there's really great stuff in it. And I recognize that great stuff in it. Thanks to you pushing me and not letting me get away from it, <laughs> more or less. Yeah. Like I, I, I can recognize there's good stuff there. Um, but the fact that Hyperlight Drifter sunk its teeth into me, and, and that's that's a personal thing, but I do think um for what their goals were, Hyperlight Drifter
1: executed it better. Yeah, I mean, and there's that's no question one there had that, big goals if, and did not succeed at them. If the conversation is execution, it's Hyperlight Drifter, but that is not the full conversation. No,
0: I want to be. I want people to very, be, be very, very clear. There's not a
1: rubric here, and there no, never will be. No, there's never, there never going to be, be a, a no, nope,
0: and we will now judge the performance yeah. versus
1: the thing. There's no points. Yeah, this is all gut, <laughs> baby. Yeah, it's 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 all gut. Okay, here's here here's my argument. Hyperlight Drifter. Is a riff on something that already existed, which is it's a okay. very good Legend of Zelda game. Uh-huh. It's a good Zelda, <laughs> with some pr- with some problems that even some problems that it borrows from Legend of Zelda, which is like, how do wait, like like it has the same problems as the original Legend of Zelda of mm-hmm. like where is stuff? What are you? Why doing? is stuff on yeah. this like I am looking at the screen, I can't understand it. Yeah, it doesn't feel to me like a brand new step in a new direction that's going to change games. Hmm. Whereas but Mass Effect 1 does feel like that to you? For sure. 100%. What is even that what stuff, is the new direction? Even the bad stuff from Mass Effect 1 got included in other games. The camera go y- It is it is hard to put myself in the 2007
0: mind like what are what what are we comparing Mass Effect to? Every
1: AAA to? game, not just RPG uh-huh. game. Borrowed the way that Mass Effect executes conversations between characters, mm. the way that the camera moves, which is honestly, it's not like all of the camera movement in Mass Effect 1 is completely an original idea. It's shot like television. Right. Right. It's a lot of shot. Is that reverse. not it's, how
0: KOTOR is also structured? KOTOR doesn't have the same like camera KOTOR's stuff?
1: camera is just like, blop, there's a person oh, okay. looking at you, Yeah, you know, and and yeah, you're not. It's not like uh, Elder Scrolls where it's first person, so no. they're kind of just bug-eyed looking at you. It is a little bit stylized, like they're they're sort off of se- yeah, they're yeah. looking off center. But it's not. There's not a lot of angles. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of interesting framing of characters while they are speaking to you. Right. Uh, I think that in that way, it raised the bar for how you interact with characters in a game, yeah. and the way that other games copied all of that over the next decade is, I mean, think about like even Bethesda completely stole mass effects dialogue system for fallout four. Yeah. Like it's the same. And even has the, again, it's the same problems right. too. Yeah, like, yeah, totally. of like, uh, wait, uh, that's not what I wanted to say. Why did it say that? Right. You know? Right. I, I feel like mass effect one is a imperfect step into the future. Whereas, Hyperlight Drifter is, is a play iteration. on the past, mm-hmm. and it's a good play, and I think quality-wise, it's the better game. But Mass Effect One has the historical points, in my mm-hmm. opinion, which is why I think I would give it number two. Oh. Man, for historical, there's a little bit of me leading the witness here, where I'm like,
0: I don't want, I don't want Mass Effect One and Two to be hyper, to not even just Hyperlight Drifter, but like, I there has to be a clear delineation later on. When Matt, when someday we play Mass Effect 2, that like Mass Effect 2 has to get into this this other echelon. It will, but yes. I don't know. This is what su- what sucks about you having this conversation with me mm-hmm. is that Hyperlight Drifter is like my second or third favorite game of all of time. the eight games that you've played. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, you don't get to do this every single episode.
1: You Sorry, don't, I, that doesn't get I, to be the will pull. Die. This thing will die. But it, it's for right now. It's good. It will. It will decay. Every eventually. every single ranking Matt wants to make for now, it's like yeah, but you. But play it's nothing. not a historical list. Yeah. So I mean, like my I think that I I think it's, my historical it's a point list. Stands, it's a definitive list. Yeah. yeah, and that's the pressure here. Is how much do we want to Here's the thing. Here's yeah. here's where I'm gonna give you some extra points here. Is uh
0: I mean, we're we as a society are still talking about Mass Effect. Now it helps that it's because they released a new thing and there's like a way more games than there. I don't know. Who knows what's gonna happen to Hyperlight Drifter after this solar ash game? Yeah, what if comes that game out? sucks and then it's kind of just lost the time? Right.
1: Or if it's great, who knows? But like <sighs> But it's it's but is this about You know, I mean, we are making the definitive list for everybody, and it's it's something we selfishly do. Yeah, the two of us, we don't care about them out there. I know. Okay, they don't matter. Right. But it's hard for me to not want to give props to something that I feel like did something so well that the rest of the industry was like, oh we'll just steal that yeah that sounds good oh this is how it looks when video game characters talk to each other let's just lift that completely right. i mean it's so, in a, it's a, it's in like assassin's creed games I, at this point it's i need so a, i need stolen. a i yeah. need a pros
0: and cons column yeah mass effect pros dialogue uh uh the world that's there i'm not gonna say the world building is mm-hmm. great but the
1: world as written is great great aliens love learning about them. i mean i think it's crazy that there's stuff that is written in mass effect one that that doesn't pay, pay off till later for you know right you know eight years now but in playing mass
0: effect one you don't know it's gonna do <laughs> you that. don't know that
1: but but
0: <laughs> it, but it's I part of know. the world like as someone who appreciates something like uh, uh a song of ice and fire oh. i have to recognize that there's little nuggets all over those books where it's right. like that doesn't pay off until someone else tells you it pays off. Like, right. I don't even discover those things. I have to read some essay by somebody else telling me that this thing pays off. So I totally get that. I, I think I don't have a solid enough argument for why Mass Effect needs to be worse than Hyperledger Drifter that I have to give
1: it to you. Good. But, but you owe me one. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're giving it to me. Uh, so so you say that I've won. I just heard that you said that I've won the argument. Yeah. Okay, I think it should be third. I think Mass Effect <laughs> should be third. I just wanted to win the argument. I know. But then it can be third. Because okay. Hyperlight Drifter is cooler. Mm-hmm. And this is a selfish list about coolness. Right. If we want it to be. Sure. When when we want it to be. When we In want it to be. In the moments we
0: want it to be that.
1: Yeah. And also Mass Effect could... I don't know, like, yeah, it's like this revolutionary game that has a bunch of problems. So it really doesn't matter whether it's third or second at this point. Yeah. To me, because wherever it's going to be, it's going to get passed up by a lot of other games. And I think that really at the end of the day, if I was composing a list of Hunter's 100 games, uh-huh. I don't even know if that Mass Effect would make it. Right. And the fact that, it, that it's going to be up higher on our list together and for you it's number two yeah and for me it wouldn't be like 148 (laughs) right you know what I mean like that that I don't want to do that yeah so it can be third that was a really good you you just want another argument
0: you just you did it back to back
1: here wait let me write it let me mark it on my on my argument chart on my (laughs) argument chart it's on my argument chart (laughs) okay we did it
0: The, the list as it is. I don't think it's we, definitive. We, we won't we will be able to do this every single <laughs> hey, episode. Hey, Mass Effect fans, you're, you're, the, third, you're, you're the worst game you're of the all time. You're the worst
1: game of all time, Mass Effect fans. You're the worst. Get out of my office. Yeah. <laughs> you're the worst game of all time. Oh, Ugh. Ugh. I can't even stand to look at you, Mass Effect fans. You're Ugh. the worst game Useless. of all time. We'll see you when we do Mass Effect 2. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or, or are we gonna do something different for it? let's do mass effect 3 before we do mass effect two. that would be hilarious yeah. if we did mass effect i would have but that won't work, work for me though because i have to replay mass effect oh, 2 yeah, before right. i do 3 right you're not even gonna
1: know what's going on if we did well i will i've played 2 but i know but it it, it won't it won't the be little the little thing i know exactly hit. yeah
0: yeah that that's my big fear right now is like we're wanting to do a bunch of different games and mm-hmm. there is a part of me that's like i need to play mass effect 2 right now right while i remember the stuff like while it's on my mind i'm not gonna yes. remember the plot of mass effect one in a year from now
1: yeah i couldn't stop like i, I beat mass effect one it's and been like months ago, and I right away was yeah. like i gotta play mass effect two now i finished mass effect two and the and it wore off mm-hmm. and i didn't um, instantly didn't go into, into three, mass effect 3. Uh, i probably will soon but yeah. uh but yeah for now I, got, I gotta stop so it's our current list is number one super mario brothers three number two hyper light drifter number three mass effect one uh, what are we playing next, Matt? Uh next up, we it's this game is hard to decide uh on games
0: because we will start something and we'll be like, no, actually, I don't want to talk about that. No, actually, I don't want to talk about that. Little things happen. Also, like, we were supposed to do Fallout New Vegas. Uh, still a broken daddy, game.
1: Daddy needs more time, can't get it to run on my computer. And I know here okay. I gotta get I have I already said this. I may have already said this on the show, and I apologize. But Bethesda games are difficult for me yeah to run i have a lot of problems with them and there are a lot of people like me out there on the internet and it i want you to know bethesda fans it is not helpful for you to (laughs) comment and say well it runs fine for me that's not helpful just so you know yeah it's not helpful that's what i did do to him and we all here's the thing like literally and what i don't get about it is that everyone who plays bethesda's games is willing to recognize that they have broken problems yeah so like back off chill out yeah i'm gonna get it running because fallout new vegas is worth it i know it's worth it i've i've i watched h bomber guy's video last year yeah about fallout new vegas which is like it's like two hours long it's just all love life and i just watched the whole thing and was like man this sounds like a good game this sounds like a really good game (laughs) and I want to play it but I don't okay every Bethesda game I sit down and I'm like this time I'm going to get it right. Mm-hmm. And I go into the guides yeah. and I learn, oh, you got to do it. In you learn this coding. You, you become you a programmer. You download this thing and then this thing. <laughs> and you, you got to get the patch. But don't get the patch too early, brother. Yeah. If you get the patch too early, it ruins the install. And then you got to start all over. <laughs> you know, whatever. All the weird stuff. The arcane wizard stuff yeah. you have to do. And I thought I did it all right with New Vegas. And I, uh, my save file corrupted on my second session Oof, of playing it. It yeah. corrupted. And I, I only lost about an hour. But I Do you want to <laughs> just keep beating your head against that? Do in, I yeah. in the case that it'll yeah. happen again? So yeah. so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep working on it in the background, getting it running. I'm I, what I'm doing now. This is this, this is my exhaustive because my whole point here is I just want to get New Vegas played perfectly. I'm probably going to try and play all of it to yeah. be honest. I'm probably going to try and hundred percent it because well, then I'm going to well, un- no no no, no but, can't do that.
0: Well, I mean there, there's a lot of game. Well, there. I'm just saying it's, but yes. it might take me a long time. You, sure. we, we
1: might we might not do the New Vegas episode for a while because I'm just going to be trying to get it going yeah. in, in the background. My new thing is I'm going to do a fresh install. Going to do all the stuff they tell me to do. Yeah. Uh, from the beginning, and then I'm going to start my character, go into console commands, turn my player speed up like crazy, go into God mode, and just start running all over the map. <laughs> I'm going to just run and load. We're going to run and load. <laughs> and see, and, what and what see what breaks and doesn't. I'm just going to see what breaks. Are we breaking stuff? Is stuff breaking? <laughs> Am I running into areas that I can't... Because that's what happens to me with that game, in particular, yeah. is that I will try and go somewhere. It'll decide I don't want to load that, and also... Uh, screw your save file. Yeah. We don't want you to have that save file anymore. It's gone. Bye bye. Wow. So I just want to see if it does that. And then if, if I feel confident, then I'm going to start working through the story in the background. Mm-hmm. And then someday we're going to do that episode. And it's going to be a big episode. And I'm excited about it. But what are we doing? Instead in the now? meantime, <laughs> we're doing arcade classic Outrun. Outrun by one Sega. Of the, <laughs> one of the greatest games of all time. Outrun. <laughs> Uh, Hunter, I'm going to call on a shot before we even I get am, to rank it. And, and and I think there might be people listening to be like, oh, that's a joke or whatever. I'm not joking. Um, and I I feel like OutRun is the tiny this tiny little thing and you either get it or you don't. And I'm not telling Matt what there is to get about it. Uh-huh. And we'll just see if he gets it. Okay. Basically. I'm that's excited. The challenge. I'm excited. I'm not going to get it. I think you will get it. Okay. I think uh, because it's one. it's like you can't miss it. You just can't miss it without run. That's what's so beautiful about it. You do have to play it. You have to play it for a while. Uh You can't just like turn it on and and play it and then turn it off. You got to turn it on and sit with it for a minute. And then eventually you get it like and it's beautiful. That game is a work of art.
0: Old Gamers Almanac is a production by Hunter Donaldson and Matt Martins with music by Knight Corey.